You're listening to the Sustainable Jungle podcast, where we talk to inspiring people from all over the world working to change our planet for the better. I'm Lyle, and this week we caught up with Ricardo Murillo, the butterfly guy. We spoke about his history with these beautiful insects, their importance in our ecosystems, and what we can do to give these guys a helping hand to survive and thrive in our world today. So stay tuned for the lowdown. Otherwise, if you want to jump ahead, check out our show notes for the breakdown of our discussion at sustainablejungle.com forward slash podcast. Ricardo, we are here in the beautiful live butterfly exhibition in the biology school of the University of Costa Rica. Thank you so much for having us here. You're welcome. I'm very glad to have you here. It's an absolute thrill. I mean, it's going to be hard for us to interview you properly without getting distracted because there are butterflies flying around us as we speak, which is amazing. And you get to work in this every day. But before we chat about the butterflies, can you tell us about your background? Where were you born and where did you grow up? Well, I was born here in Costa Rica some time ago. And since the beginning, since I was a very young kid, I started like breeding butterflies in my backyard. That's a passion. This butterfly breeding is a passion that began very, very long ago. And... All the time, I, al I always had a butterfly place where to breed butterflies. At the beginning, in my backyard, in my backyard, but then I started a business to export butterflies to other countries. That business was was going good, but after that, an opportunity of making a butterfly place in here in the university appeared. So I thought it was a very big opportunity to take it. So I moved all my effort to building this butterfly place in the university and get into the education area. What is it about butterflies that, that you love? Why butterflies? Well, I, I always liked nature. And in Costa Rica, we are surrounded by nature all the time. So I was like fascinated about diversity, mostly. Like see how many different kinds of insects or of birds or mammals of butterflies you could see around. So I started making a little collection to see how many can I get. Um, actually, I started first making the collection and then breeding butterflies. I started breeding butterflies to obtain perfect individuals from my collection. So that's why I started breeding butterflies. But then I lose interest in the collection and I felt more like attracted by breeding the butterflies and learning about the life cycle, having uh, pictures of the eggs, of the larvae, of the pupae, and the host plants where they lay the eggs, and also the, the challenge of going to the forest and finding a female laying the eggs to discover what's the plant where they lay the eggs because each butterfly only lay their eggs on a specific species of plant, which is called the host plant. So if you want to breed, for example, the morpho, the blue morpho, you need to find the sangrillo tree, which is the only plant where they lay the eggs. So you need to see the female actually laying the eggs in the moment in the plant. So the female is going to tell you, this is the plant where I laid my eggs. You have to bring the plant, plant it in the garden, wait for the plant to grow, and then go back to find the female and bring it maybe six months later when the plant is already big to be able to breed this butterfly. And we're talking about 2,000 species of butterflies in Costa Rica, so, so there is a lot of work to do in that area. And in the tropics happens that most of the people know about the adults, about the adult butterflies that we see, but there is very little information about the plants and the larvae associated to these to this, uh, butterflies. So mm -hmm. there is a lot of research that needs to be done. So it sounds like it was inevitable that you were going to become a scientist focused on butterflies. Yeah, but I became, I became actually like a biologist after 
after having this passion, after having this love, but the beginning was pure love. I, I just want to quickly go back to the beginning again, Ricardo. Can you share with us or can you recall your first moment with butterflies when actually, you were young? Actually, I can. I was like five years old and I found a little caterpillar um, in the garage of my parents and I, we were going to a trip on vacations and I found the caterpillar and I, and I catch it in a jar. So I put it in the jar and when we came back from vacation one week later, that caterpillar was converted into a chrysalis. Wow. So I had the chrysalis in the jar and eventually that butterfly emerged and my parents gave me a book of a gift of butterflies of Costa Rica and the butterfly was not in that book. So I started studying and doing like investigation about why this butterfly wasn't in that book. And actually I spent like 10 or 15 years until I finally found the answer. <laughs> what? Yeah, it was a long time. What From happened? five years old? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it wasn't like when I was like 20 that I realized what was the trouble and was that that book, which has all the butterflies of Costa Rica, didn't have that butterfly because that was a mutation. A mutation? Butterfly. Yeah, a mutation very well known, which is called the melanin form, which is like a, a black form. For example, panteras are the black form of jaguars, right? but are the same species. In the book was the normal species, which is yellow, but the butterfly I got from that time was black, mm -hmm. so it was not in the book. And um, after many years ago, I re uh, later, I realized that it was a melanic form of a, of a well-known species. So that kind of scientific facts is what actually got me into the world of butterflies. Amazing that because it wasn't uh, in the book, that's kind of what piqued your interest and yeah. set you off on this path of, yeah. of learning. Yeah, it was like, a, like frustrating not to find a butterfly any place. <laughs> so that kept me inside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so that, that started a lifelong journey of your passion for butterflies and research in butterflies. Love that's it. an amazing story. So here we are at the life, and, and before we hit record, just for all you guys listening and watching, this is a live butterfly exhibition we have behind us. Ricardo, can you tell us a little bit more about this place and how it came to be? Sure. It, the idea started back in 2008 with a professor, which is actually my box, and she started a little exhibition. When I say it's in my back, she's in my back. Is that girl over there? <laughs> <laughs> she started an exhibition for for bringing kids from schools in a special week where people, when, when the university opens the doors to the public schools and visitors. So they did a little a little exhibition in 2008, and then again in 2009, and the school saw that it was very successful. So the school decided to, with the idea of her and my and my impulse we tried to convince the school to make something permanent. So that's why in 2010, we, we me and her, we built this little, at the, at the beginning, enclosure. Uh, we start breeding butterflies for bringing schools mainly uh, to teach them about diversity, about natural history, about environmental sciences, about uh, um, sustainable development, uh, and butterflies. Um, well, it was very successful. So we had a lot of visitors. So they, after three years in 2013, they built us a little lab and that opened a new opportunity of doing research. So we had the opportunity to build this lab and now we are doing research on, on butterfly he natural history and on, also on genetics and diseases. Mm. Because one of the ideas now is to do research in 
generating standard operational procedures to breed butterflies for more than 400 families in Costa Rica that make their living on butterfly breeding for exportation. And for example, in 2015, Costa Rica did $2.6 million in butterflies exportations. Wow. And we are the Whoa. first and most important Latin American country exporting butterflies alive That's for exhibitions. Amazing. So for live exhibitions. Exactly. In, in the rest of the world, like Europe, North America, even Australia. And also I didn't even island. know that was a thing that people I had no idea. That yeah. move butterflies there around are the world. Lot, there are a lot of butterfly exhibitions that they bring butterflies from all the world. Is this for zoos, universities? Yeah, zoos, but also, also universities. And also just live exhibition of butterflies because the concept is that put all the tropical butterflies from all the world together in the same place. And that happens only in temperate places, not in tropical places, because people from Europe, for example, they are not used to big and huge and colorful butterflies all year round, right? They are used just for few little butterflies three months a year. But these alive exhibitions bring the most beautiful butterflies from Asia. It's beautiful one just flew yeah, by. Yeah, <laughs> those are very famous. It bring the, 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 the best butterflies from Asia, the best butterflies from America, the best butterflies from Africa, and put them together in the same place. And so, what is the objective? Is it for education? Education and also like conservation, because these kind of projects help to preserve butterflies. Okay. Uh, I believe butterfly farming is the real uh, sustainable development uh, concept because for breeding butterflies you need to protect the forest. For example, you need to protect big amounts of forest because you, you can have the butterflies always together like sisters and brothers mating all the time together because they're going to have inbreeding problems. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they need to be catching new butterflies from outside. So that force the people who breed butterflies to protect the outside environment in order to be able to be catching new butterflies and releasing all butterflies and keep like fresh blood in the place. Absolutely. Also that you need to protect a lot of plants that otherwise won't have any any reasons to be protected. For example, the mealwit is very famous because it's the host plant of the monarchs, okay. right? The mealwit has any other, any other use in the world rather than breeding monarch butterflies. Is that so it? That's it. So if they were not butter, people breeding monarch butterflies, most of the mealwits must be cut down because it's a toxic plant, actually it makes sick the the cattle because it's very poisonous and the cattle eat it from their cattle ranches. So when monarch butterflies, when, when breeders of monarchs began, they started like picking up milkweeds and reproducing milkweeds and planting huge amount of milkweeds. So then the milkweed became protected because people is protecting it for breeding butterflies, Amazing. right? And when you protect milkweed, you are at the same time protecting a lot of other insects and animals that live from the milkweed, like an umbrella uh, system like little aphids, wasps, beetles, or insects that feed from the nectar of the milkweed. So you protect those dozens of of other species just by protecting milkweed for breeding butterflies for exportation. And that for each butterfly. So if we are breeding in here six, 60 or 80 butterflies, different butterflies, we need to protect 60, 70 or 80 different host plants. And those host plants, we, we need to bring them to, from the mountain. Probably many of them are in very low population levels, and we reproduce them, we sell them to new farmers, people breed them in their gardens for attracting butterflies to their gardens, and these plants, these plants get protected. So this is one of our questions, and I think you're sort of alluding to the answer already, is when you often think of ecosystems, you, you, you know, in protecting ecosystems, you might think of bees. Everybody knows that pollination is a very important part of, of biodiversity. 
but you don't often think about butterflies. You just think that they're a pretty species. But I wonder if you can share why are butterflies directly important to biodiversity in our ecosystems? Sure. I, I remember to tell you this if I forgot it, because first I wanted to tell you something that caught my attention about what you just, you just said. People uh, do not think about butterflies. Um, happened that many persons come to me and tell me, Ricardo, why, is not, why there are no butterflies around? What happened with them? And I tell them, what, what do you mean when there is no butterflies around? No, you, can, you don't see as many butterflies as when you were a kid. And I tell you, you don't see butterflies? No, there is not. Oh, look, there is one butterfly behind you. Look, there is another butterfly just passed by. Look, there is one butterfly in that flower. Look, there is one flying over there. And you just have to point them out and people start seeing butterflies again. Because butterflies are there, but people just don't see them. It's just like they obvious. Yeah. They, they, it's like obvious for them that they are there and they forgot to look at them. And probably when they, when they were when they were kids, probably they were more like observative or more curious, curious about yep. things. Yep. And they remember that they see the butterflies, but when they get used to them, they forgot to see them. But butterflies are still there. You just have to open your see, open your eyes and see them. But they are actually there. Um, actually, butterflies are really important for the ecosystem. Not only because they are pollinators. They are among, they're also pollinators. Yeah, they are among the four most important pollinators in the world. The, among the four more important uh, pollinators, among all pollinators in the world. I had no idea. Who, so we have bees, butterflies. Beetles and flies. Be flies. Yes, and flies. Yeah. Okay, I had no idea. Yeah. Flies I, I blame my high school biology teacher for doing a terrible job. How did I not know this? <laughs> when you think about flies, you just think about the housefly. But there is 20,000 fly species in Costa Rica, 360,000 species. 360,000 species of butterflies in the world, eh, of bee, of flies. So yes. there are so many flies that we don't see, that they are like wild flies, and they don't get into the house. So we are not familiar for them with them, but they pollinate flowers as well as beetles, as well as, as wasps and bees and butterflies. But butterflies are not only important as pollinators, but they are also important as in the food chain. Right, butterflies are very low in the food chain. So remember, the butterflies come from larvae or caterpillars, and birds love to eat caterpillars as well as mammals like squirrels, monkeys, and or mammals. Uh, and also, butterflies come from eggs, which are the place where wasps lay their eggs. So there is a lot of wasps that lives from the eggs of the butterflies. There is a lot of flies and other wasps that live from the pupae or chrysalids of the butterflies. So without butterflies. A food chain must be very disequilibrated. Um, also, uh, butterflies are part of the diversity, right? And the diversity is all together, working together. So if you remove one species of butterfly, for example, the plant where this butterfly eats, the host plant where the larva eats, must won't have its control, its natural control. So this plant is going to start growing discontrolated or it's going to start growing much more and that's going to make a disbalance or a debalance that is going to affect the rest of the ecosystem that is all like interconnected. Right. Because the caterpillars eat the plants. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So they control the plants amount. Yeah. That is incredible. It just shows you what some a species that so many people, and I must say I'm a part of this, take it for granted is so important to the ecosystem and is so much a part of that. I wanna... The fact that they're beautiful is just a bonus. Well, yeah. that, what you said is a really important point Sorry. that I always point out. The philosophical importance of butterflies, right? Butterflies deserve to be there because they are there and they were there before, even after we came. 
after yeah, yeah way before we way before we arrived we came. Yeah, yeah way before we came so they deserve to live and they deserve their place in their world not because we find a reason not because we find what they are good for what is their what is their i don't know what do they mean to us? What is the role? Yeah, what, yeah. They, what do they mean to us? I don't think that's, that's the a, right way to mm, think about it. Yep, because yep. it doesn't have to mean anything to us to have the, the right to, to be, to exist. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yep, yep. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's actually an interesting, from interviewing a few people who work in conservation and biologists seem to say the same thing. That, right. uh, that that animal has its own intrinsic value. It's not that we give it value. Exactly. It's that it is part of the world and it deserves to be here. It's, yeah. uh, so I just want to quickly understand, zoom out for a second, Ricardo, and talk about how butterflies are doing worldwide. What, how are they as a species surviving? Are they, are they good in numbers? No, no. Butterflies are disappearing. Really? Um, the main reason butterflies are disappearing is because of the destruction of their habitats. As, I, as we were telling... Butterflies de depend on a host plant. So if you cut down a forest, you cut down the host plant. You are not killing directly the butterfly, but you are cutting down the host plant where they lay the eggs. Yeah. So if you destroy these host plants, butterflies won't be able to lay the eggs and they will die without reproduction. So there are extinct butterflies. They are in the risk of extinction butterflies. And there are many butterflies that depend on very specific microhabitats. And that's the case of Costa Rica. We have I, was, I did a research last year, and I make the numbers of how many butterflies we have in, in, for, in contrast for the world. And we have 9.5% of the butterfly species of the world. 9.5%. In such a small so area of land. percent of the butterflies, of the whole, all the butterflies of the world, are 10% are here in, in a very small country in proportion to the rest of the world. And that's because, for example, in one slope of a mountain, we have a, a specific amount of rain with a specific amount of humidity and temperature and shade, and that makes a microhabitat that makes possible a specific butterfly species to live there. And that's probably made, sometimes is 100 hectares of area. And that butterfly lives in that 100 hectares of area. And if you cut down that for making a, a growing of whatever, tomatoes, potatoes, cattle, pineapple, bananas, whatever you put, you cut down that 100 acres or area, or, or or hectares, and that butterfly is going to disappear. The that whole habitat is, is all it has. Yeah, it's all it has. So with the habitat destruction all around the world, butterfly species are decreasing very highly. That's mm. very worrying. And, and looking at the positive side, have you seen any innovations or research that is helping to solve that problem? Sure, a lot of people is working on, on helping butterflies. In the United States, for, for example, there is a lot of people working in, in protecting the monarchs because they realize about that. About in the last 20 years ago, they start they start uh, realizing that monarchs were decreasing, and they start realizing about that because all these fields that they thought they were like abandoned fields, non-used places, they start making like growings or urbanizations, and they start started cutting down. The milkweed, which grows in fields. It's not like in Costa Rica that is forest. In the United States, you have fields, right? And the milkweed grows there as a, like a, like a bad wheat, like a, just a wheat. People don't, They yeah. didn't realize that that was the food of the monarchs. So they realized that they were cutting down the habitat, even if it's a field, and they started now making like education, 
uh, also marking butterflies and and making capture and recapture to see the population size. Um, also working together with Mexico where they migrate to Mexico and in these places they are also like cutting down the places where they come down to rest during the winter time. So it's a very complex uh, problem because it, it involves a lot of actors, right? Mm. And you have to work with all these people and also in education at the same time. But Marx is just a, one small example, but people is also trying to grow more plants in the backyards with education, the kids, when we bring kids, we teach them, grow these plants, uh, take these seeds, uh, put these plants, and you will attract more butterflies to, the, to your backyards. So what we believe is that the, the way we humans and butterflies can coexist is if we start turning our backyards, our gardens, into habitats for butterflies. Mm. And the people had the idea that low, low long of green grass is ordered and is nice, but that's not nice. That's very low diversity. It's just one species, just this species of grass. We are trying to educate people that, that like tickets or old grow or, or, or second grow areas where you see like white flowers, vines, all those are habitats for butterflies, so start protecting these abandoned areas as habitats. That's such a great idea. So that's that's, that's where your education element comes yeah. in of the centers. You can bring kids in here, show them the value of butterflies, teach them about what plants plant in their backyard. Is that the, the objective of the education? One piece? of them. One yeah. of them. Yeah. What are the What are the other pieces of education? Clearly, education is very important to you. What yeah. Well, first realize about butterflies because. It's amazing. There is a lot of butterflies outside this butterfly place. Yeah. But you have to come to these butterfly places to see it. How come is that possible? Because if you don't come to a place where you are meant to see butterflies, you don't see butterflies even though they are. They're there. Right? That's yeah. the point you made earlier. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, so you think we, they're gone, but they're try, actually... We educate the kids to realize about that. And also adults, not only kids, to realize yeah. the butterflies are there. They take a look of them. So this is open. This center is open to the public. Can anybody come in yeah. here and 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 come look at the butterflies and, and learn about them? Yeah. In awesome. the case of, of like education in this area, but also the education to the productive sector, the productive sector they need to learn new techniques, how to improve better ways to breed butterflies, how to come, uh, to go uh, overhead diseases, predators. Uh, soil treatment, so we try to transfer the, our knowledge that we produce to the people who breed butterflies. That's so cool. these people can make better uh, incomes and have better ways of, of making their life on butterfly breeding for exportation. So we're really excited you're going to show us some of the butterflies, which you're going to go do now. But before we do that, what is the best way, if, if you've got visitors coming to Costa Rica or if you've got locals who want to know more, what is the best way for people to support the work that's been done here at the center? The best way to support it is to come. Just come visit. Uh, yeah, come and visit. Come, visit yeah. come see beautiful butterflies. Exactly. You can find our website. Uh, and there is the schedules and there is the direction. We also have a Facebook that I can give you the data later. We'll put it all in the yeah, show exactly. notes. Yeah, what is um, the website? www.mariposario.ucr.ac. .cr. Okay, we'll, we'll, okay, we'll put that <laughs> we'll in the show notes. Anybody show watching or listening or in the description of the video. And the Facebook. And the Facebook. But we cannot finish this episode, Ricardo, without asking you, for anybody out there who wants to make a difference uh, in, the, in the lives of butterflies or more generally in conservation, have you got any advice? Yeah. 
my best advice is first observe. Open your eyes and observe what happened around. And see which plants you see more butterflies drinking on nectar, right? And then start breeding that plant, start reproducing that plant. If you see a butterfly on a plant and you see it like it, then grow more that plant, right? That's the, way, the, the easier way to do it because you could go and find an expert and ask her or ask him what plants are good in my area and it's going to tell you and it's probably going to help you find them. But if you don't have the chance, just look where butterflies are naturally and, re and reproduce that in your backyards, in your gardens. Uh, also, if you see larvae, which are caterpillars, don't step on them. Uh, you need to realize that they are going to become a butterfly. Right, and people don't don't know that that most, all all the larvae become butterflies, all of them. Some larvae each on the skin, and people kill them. But those are butterflies. And if you see a larvae on a butterfly, and you want to to have more, plant more of that plant mm. uh, where the larvae was, and that's gonna increase the amount of butterflies of that larvae in the in the area. Your locality. So it's all about valuing nature and observing and opening up your eyes to what's yeah. around you. And, re yeah. and reproducing it more and, and more and more. Absolutely. It's Propagating a, the species. Exactly. It's actually a, it's a form of mindfulness in a way, you know, like it's to think about observing the nature around you and that's a different form of being present. Being present in the moment and being aware of what's actually happening in your world. So I love that idea. That's very cool. And yeah. butterflies are a nice thing to look out for. <laughs> yeah, they are colorful. Yeah, it's, it's a good hook for attracting people to nature. Fantastic. If you use like cockroaches, probably it's not gonna be as good hook yeah. as butterflies. <laughs> they, they're much better salesmen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Butterflies are definitely a better salesman. Yeah, they are charismatic. They yeah. are that's charismatic. one of the reasons people can use butterflies as a channel to link themselves to nature again. Fantastic. Awesome. awesome. Thank you, Ricardo. We are now going to go on our butterfly tour. Yeah, sure. thank awesome. you so much. This is, a, this is an absolute thrill for us. So thank you for having us here and thanks for chatting to us. I'm very happy you were here. Thank, thank you, you, Ricardo. We love talking to people who are so passionate about a cause. And it's easy to see why Ricardo has made butterflies his life's purpose. We'll pop some links in the show notes below if you want to find out more. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.